This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're watching The Dorkening. Stay tuned. <laughs> we never stopped talking. That's my secret! <laughs> Uh, well, uh, okay, let's try this again. <laughs> hey, welcome to the Dork Night. Today we're going to be talking about Killer Croc. We're going to be going uh, over Vendetta, which is uh, Batman the Animated Series Season 1, Episode 21. And we're going to be doing a deep dive about his origin story. and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. There was actually a more recent origin story written that's absolutely superb. Uh, but without further ado, powerful Brandon, how's it going, bud? Hey, it is going, and uh, yeah, you you are one hundred percent correct. There was there was no more ado for for any of this. So thank you. Hi everyone. <laughs> hello, hello. And Justin Cooper, how's it going, bud? It's going good. How you doing, Leo? Doing well, doing well. I forgot to introduce myself. I'm I'm the monkey behind. <laughs> the door, so <laughs> uh, so uh, you, you know, I, Justin, you, it was uh, me. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Agatha all along. <laughs> I just took a sip of tea. God damn it. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that a poignant <laughs> reference? Like two two years old now? <laughs> yeah, timely as ever. <clears throat> oh, shit. Uh, so, so, Justin, you wanted to cover Vendetta, and I thought, yeah, well, why don't we turn this into like a killer croc, like, you know, deep dive. Uh, and in rewatching Vendetta, it, it's, it's, it's not really shocking, but, you know, how well the Batman the Animated Series just, you know, <laughs> just continues to, to live, you know? It's just like, um, what, what's, what's the word I'm trying to say? It's like timely. It's, it's like, uh, not timely perennial okay we'll go with that it comes up every year you know <laughs> uh, so vendetta i uh, had an air date of october 5th 1992 it was written by michael reeves directed by frank poor and uh killer croc is voiced by aaron kincaid and uh he also voiced skylinks and transformers and the Iron Sheik and Bobby the Brain Heenan in the Hulk Hogan Rock and Wrestling cartoon. A true legend. Oh, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. He did Skylinks, huh? Skylinks, yeah. So he was in the movie. Uh he uh, he has Transformers like all over his IMDb. Nice. Yeah. Skylinks was in the movie, so you know, I think he died, but he's in the movie. <laughs> Jesus Mary and Joseph. Yeah. Uh, every, everybody died in the movie. Yeah, well. Everybody died. Yeah. We, we get to keep what? Uh, Spike and Bumblebee? Thanks. I'm like, oh, no, Sunstreaker. Oh, who cares? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they needed to reset the line and, you know, also uh, make sure that uh, plenty of children had, uh, you know, plenty of ammo for therapy as they yeah, exactly. <laughs> ammo for therapy. Oh, I'm so glad that I watched one of my favorite characters die. Now I have something to talk to my therapist about. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about your dad's alcoholism or your mom's Munchausen by proxy? Nah, old hat. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Timmy. <laughs> we'll see an Optimus die on, you know, just like that. That he really dies. Fuck. Fucking spoiler. <laughs> I couldn't even finish. <laughs> what? That movie's, that movie's a year older than the shirt you're wearing, Brandon. So, well, I mean, this shirt's actually fairly new. I bought it recently, but I understand your meaning. Yeah. Uh, for anybody who can't see me, which is anyone listening right now, I am wearing a Stephen King rules sweatshirt based on the T-shirt that the character of. Sean wears in the movie The Monster Squad. Nice. Because uh, 
as of this recording, the anniversary, the 35th anniversary of Monster Squad was last week. And uh, this is the first show I've been on since uh, fucking July, <laughs> since June, I think. <laughs> You know, so uh, I needed to I needed to rep it uh, as thoroughly as possible, and because I don't own any Event Horizon T-shirts, I went with Monster Squad either. instead. <laughs> no one does. They I'm don't. Gonna, make I'm gonna them. get one that has my favorite quote from the movie. Justin, Justin. Cooper. That's <laughs> <laughs> so I used to do the same thing when I walked into the video rental store. And I'd pick up the cover to Rapid Fire, starring Powers, Brandon uh, Lee and Powers Booth. And I'd just cover up the Lee in the <laughs> booth. And I'd be like, ha Brandon Powers and Rapid Fire. I'm the best, guys. And my friends would be like, yeah, you're the best something, all right, pal. Put the fucking movie down. <laughs> and uh, that's when I was like, no, 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 I'm going to rent it. I'm going to watch it. And I did. And well, that, that's all I can really say. I watched it. <laughs> it Powers Fire. Booth. Yeah. <laughs> That was a movie. That He's got I... a five head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you touched on something. You know, we we uh, haven't been uh, recording for a little bit because we had a lot going on. We had a convention, then uh, vacation, and uh, yeah, just like uh, yeah, and then con crud. I cannot uh, fucking yeah. stress enough to you fucking folks out there. All right. If you don't feel very well, stay home, stay home, because one of you fuckers came to Terrificon <laughs> and you fucking shook my hand or you breathed near me or something. And I was laid up for like four days afterwards with a, with a cough that's been that's lasted like another week because I have chronic sinusitis on top of it. And, you know, a lot of people are like it's COVID, it's COVID. I'm like, dude, I started feeling like shit the day after the convention. All right. Two days after. After I got back from the convention, a day after I started feeling like shit, my wife was like, I'm not feeling so good. I'm like, oh, here we fucking go. You people made my fucking house like ground (laughs) zero for Massachusetts. It was unbelievable. I felt like if there was a a good like day and a half where I was shuffling around my house, still having to work, by the way, I work from home and I still managed to like keep like one finger outside of my sweatshirt while I was shivering from a mild fever. Oh, jeez. All right. And I, I was like, oh, so this is this is exactly how everyone in the stand that caught the super flu felt, right? Like, I'm gonna die. Is this what's happening? Like, do I have lumps on my neck? Is this cholera? Somebody help me. And uh all I thank God for, for DoorDash and, and all that shit because I did not leave my house. I, I, I couldn't. I was I was so like done with the outside world. I was like, how? How did the public betray me like this? I was so so crestfallen yeah so yeah just you know stay home just or stay away from people you know something just where and this is not coronavirus really wear a fucking mask all right like just there's a reason why so many people haven't been getting colds in the flu as well it's because masks have been everywhere like those things stop all kinds of germs from being spread and i can't i can't stress enough it's not it's not the mask that protects you from getting anything it's you wearing the mask that protects other people from getting stuff you know and in this case it was clearly some kind of like summer flu deal i tested myself everything was fine it was not it was not covid19 i was kind of hoping it was just so i could have an idea of what to expect but no no just out and out sick and um like i have i have trying to promote the dorkening to thank for that so fucking awesome Thank you for that. Well, it was That's great. It was great seeing you. I I am so sorry. Oh, listen, I had a I had a blast. I had fun talking to everybody who came by the table. I had a, I had so much fun seeing you guys there. Uh, I had great conversations with with attendees. It was awesome. I'm just saying, one of those people, <laughs> one of them, was fucking patient zero and they fucking pass that shit along like i may as well have licked the paw of the monkey from outbreak as far as i was fucking Marcel? concerned yeah. like somebody get me the orange juice like what do you mean like the stuff that cuba gooding had the orange juice get me the orange juice you've got you've... the motama <laughs> yeah it, i mean it was a great time it really was but it it laid me out for like a good week and you know i had always kind of thought it was bullshit uh like a little bit when I saw not me, I, I don't count myself like this level, but like actual like celebrities and talking about like con crud and having worked at a table during a big convention like that and met, meeting all those folks and shaking hands and being close enough. I was like, oh, this is what they meant. <laughs> 
okay, that's it. From now on, I'm wearing gloves to every fucking convention I work. That's it. I don't care. I will I will wear a fucking Jason mask if I have to in order to keep me protected. Doesn't matter. But like, by all means, if you see the guy wearing gloves and a Jason mask, come on over. I'll still talk to you. <laughs> by all means. <laughs> he says he's afraid of water. <laughs> Something wrong with the radar, sir. <laughs> Get that thing away from your, your mouth. What did you say? <laughs> I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. What I like about Brandon because we can just go into shtick. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's what I'm built for, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, so what excited you, Justin, about Vendetta? Really, the story. And it's not what you think of with uh, Killer Croc, right? Like, when you get to the point with Killer Croc, you expect it to be like, oh, he's going to be big and, like, muscular and throw a rock at Batman, right? But leading into this, it's how cerebral everything was. Right? It was a big rock, right? <laughs> you know, uh, he impersonates Bullock. And he does a lot of stuff with guile and subterfuge and uses his mind, which is not at all like the character that he's portrayed as later in the series. So it, it's kind of like, I forgot how good, like... A nice cunning. noir this is. He was cunning. Yeah, absolutely. He was he was he was a very tricky lizard, that mm-hmm. killer croc. Although he I noticed he had a different last name. He did, yeah. I, I noticed that too. I'm like, That's was not it his Morgan? Name. Was it they, Morgan? they said killer croc Morgan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Except Which, I thought it was Waylon Jones or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so so his uh his name in the wiki is Waylon Jones. And he was born with an extreme form of a medical condition called atavism, uh, epidermolytic hyperkeratosis. Atavism. <laughs> well, yeah, it's because he's got other things that are going on with him. Like, uh, I don't know if he has webbed toes or something like that, but clearly he can swim very well, you know? Yeah, which is amazing because it doesn't look like there's a lot of like body fat on that dude. So, no. Yeah. All a buoyancy, from what I could tell. Can you, <laughs> puppy, be quiet? My dog, my my small dog is asleep in dreaming. <laughs> He's afraid of Crocs. Probably just dreaming about running around the backyard. Honestly. <laughs> so you you were talking about power sets uh, a little bit, um, maybe in a different conversation we had about Killer Croc, but um, he has augmented strength because of of his abilities. He's super durable, you know. Um, I mean, he could bear hug the hell out of someone and, and just like crush their ribs and all that. But um, he also has like those teeth that can bite. And he even mentions in, in like a later episode, he's like, oh, crocodiles have like the strongest bite out of any animal, which is not true. Hyenas have stronger bite, but um, he actually through his chains. So and he eats like raw chickens and things like that. People throw at him. So, you know, um, he, he's definitely got a little bit more going on than just what we see him at. But it, this is like his like the prototype for everything. So when we see him, it's like okay, he's still as human as he can be in this in this episode. And he's a character that flips between human and more animal. In, inhuman. Yeah, but in, not. You, the the thing that I I keep thinking about in regards to Killer Croc, and I this is I know this might sound like a weird kind of stretch, but um, regarding his human versus animalistic sides, how he's regarded, how he's treated, and how he accepts that treatment, um, either you know mostly because of just force over the years, so like he's accepted that. Uh, I know it sounds weird, but I can't help but think of the Kevin Smith movie Tusk when it comes to Killer Croc. You know the way that the and sorry if you haven't seen Tusk anyone who's listening (laughs) but you're about to be spoiled which honestly if you listen to kevin smith he and scott Mosier spoiled it before they even made the fucking movie they were like oh it's a great story we should make it into a movie and then beat for beat they did exactly that i'm like if you just listen to the podcast you would have known what the story was going to be um boil it down guy i'm not going to give you all the nitty-gritty but a guy shows up to you know interview a guy about when he was stuck on an island with a, a walrus that he named mr tusk and he actually like drugs the reporter played by justin long <clears throat> the uh, the guy himself the the older guy played by michael parks uh an excellent actor he passed away a couple of years ago was and, he Britpop? 
I'm sorry. Was he Bricktop from Snatch? Uh, no. no. Okay. No, no, no. He's he's an American actor. Oh, all right, that's fine. Yeah. Um, he was the sheriff in Kill Bill. What that they show up at the the wedding scene, like the massacre. Um, he's he's been in a couple Quentin Tarantino flicks. Uh, but no, he's also the pastor in Red State mm-hmm. by Kevin Smith. Great movie. Uh, yeah, it's very good. Uh, but the thing is, like in this, Justin Long, he is uh, taken prisoner by this guy. And he slowly starts to turn Justin Long into a walrus. Like he mutilates him and, you know, sews him together and like cuts off his, his legs and takes his tibias and turns them into tusks. And yeah, it's, it's like, it's bananas. But like at the end of it, he's a walrus, like swimming around in a tank. But like, you can tell he's still like him back there. And it's like the same kind of idea I was seeing with how people regarded Killer Croc in some of these stories that we covered. I'm like, oh, that's that's fucking horrifying. That is like what a what a miserable and lonely existence that is. Well, it's even worse when we read about his origin story and we'll talk in a little bit like how he was treated as a kid and, you know, how he was raised by his alcoholic uh, aunt. Uh, His uh, father left him and I think his mother passed away during Uh, birth. Yeah. Yeah. So so, uh, talking about Vendetta and we'll also talk about the uh, the first appearance of of Killer Croc. So the synopsis of Vendetta is uh, a dark past of Batman's tormentor, Detective uh, Harvey Bullock is brought to the surface when crooks that might reveal him as a criminal mysteriously begin to disappear. Now the hero who Bullock's been trying to put away must unravel the frame-up whose trail leads to a mutant rest- wrestler, Killer Croc. And uh, what I liked, uh, and as you read the the first appearance, and I'm going to try to bring it up, um, him dressed as Harvey Dent in the episode mm-hmm. Uh, looked a lot like his very first appearance, uh, which was in... uh, So the wiki says it's actually... Let me pull it up here. Was it like 573 or something? 572? 375. uh, 357. Okay. Uh, Batman 357 is the wiki says his first appearance. You guys sound dyslexic. (laughs) (laughs) I did the same thing. I said 375, so... Uh, but nice. detect, uh, it's actually Detective Comics 523 is a cameo. Um, and uh, that's actually um, stories bounced between uh, Detective and Batman. It's a story with uh, the uh, the Todds. Um, and... Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, that, that to me was kind of sus, as the kids would say, because I was like, wait a minute. I didn't realize that. So, so the mom is with the circus and Jason Todd's there and he's a redhead. I'm like, come on. What's going on here? <laughs> well, uh, so um, Killer Croc, spoiler alert, is actually responsible for the Todd's death. And as we know, I, I had a but, I had a feeling that it was going to be like a two faced situation for Jason Todd with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there there's a deep sort of uh, tie to um, Damian Wayne as you get further too. The only thing that Damian Wayne is really afraid of is Killer Croc. Really. Yeah, that's that's a that's a new fifty two thing construct from uh, Detective Comics. So it was like in the first issue, um, Damien decides to take the Batmobile out for a uh, cruise, and he picks up a girl, and the girl ends up getting eaten by Killer Croc, and and Wayne is like Damien is just absolutely traumatized by this. Yeah, yeah, and he always has issues, and and they even made fun of him in. Um, Detective, uh, what was it uh, one eighty seven or something, or one the like the thousandth episode uh, issue of Detective Comics? They even made fun of him for that. It's like, what if it's Killer Croc? You don't think it's Killer Croc, do you? you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh wow, they really carry that through. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, well, the first appearance was actually in 1983. Uh, so uh, Batman 357 was in February. Sorry, Detective 523 was in February. Yeah, you better and, be sorry. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Batman 357 was in March. Um, and it's a story of uh, Killer Croc um, works for the squid. and uh, The terrible squid. Yeah. <laughs> Send the squid? <laughs> you cannot stop the squid. I am the most powerful villain in all of Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I just kept reading. I'm like, I mean, I guess it's a good thing Warner Brothers owns DC because, like, if you were to have this character show up in a cartoon, like, how do you not have Elmer Fudd's voice be the voice of this character? <laughs> I, oh, you screwy vigilante! <laughs> <laughs> 
And how about that hair? <laughs> oh my. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was like so of the time, but I, I was, I was telling you guys earlier, like, I love this era, like the early eighties version of, of all this. I'm like, it's really interesting to see Batman with a sense of humor, bounce off of stuff, still making mistakes. He's not perfect, you know, and, and the way that they write the villains and even Alfred and, and Vicki Vale at the time, I'm like, this is really, really fun stuff to be reading. Well, it, it's uh, really showing the, um, in some of the issues like Batman, well, Bruce Wayne trying to, you know, carry on his alter ego. Um, and it's crazy, you know, in uh, Detective uh, 524, you know, him talking about, you know, relationship with Vicki Vale. Mm -hmm. uh, let me share my screen. And uh, so, where is it? Here we go. Okay, so Killer Croc uh, is created by Jerry Conway and Gene Colon. Uh, Jerry Conway is also the co-creator of The Punisher, Scarlet Spider, the first Miss Marvel, and scripted the death of the uh, of Gwen Stacy. Oh wow! And in DC, oh yeah, that's right. I saw him on a panel. Yeah. It's terrific, on. It was awesome. He was a really cool dude. You did? Yeah, he was just there, wasn't he? I did. I recorded it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some, some fucking yutz with a camera was like, Brandon, you want to go record this panel? And I was like, Spider-Man? Do you know who you just fucking asked, bro? No. Yeah. Soon to be available on the Splash Pages <laughs> Comic Club <dot> com. <laughs> It was a really good panel. It re it really was. Like I was I, I was surprised at pleasantly surprised at the amount of um self-deprecation regarding like the clone saga. <laughs> it was it was pretty cool. I I have to admit. Those guys had really good senses of humor. Dan Jurgens is the man cuz he was just like I wrote Spider-Man for like half a minute. I don't even know why. Yeah. I wrote this panel. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Uh Dan Jurgens popped up in uh in my notes here as well. I have to find it. Uh, so um, Jerry Conway also, also um, <laughs> created Firestorm, Power Girl, Jason Todd, and wrote the Superman versus the Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, snap. Uh, nice. Gene Colan is uh, co-creator of The Falcon. Uh, also, Carol Danvers and Blade. And Colan was introduced, uh, into inducted into the Will Eisner Comic Book Hall of Fame in 2005. This is a heavyweight team that we have here. Yeah, no oh. kidding. Um, and I as I mentioned, Croc killed Jason Todd's parents and uh, not his mother. We learned that later. Um, but apparently, uh, I think they were burned and thrown to the alligators. Ooh. Well, I mean, they do like their food cooked, so I get it. <laughs> <laughs> mm, Todd tenders. I love these. <laughs> I, I didn't read the backup. I totally didn't read the Green Arrow backup, though, guys. Oh, I, I didn't. No, know. no, no. Me neither, because it was okay. Green Arrow. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I've liked some Green Arrows and all that. Like Longbow Hunters is cool too, but. As much stuff in Green Arrow as you read, the later books undo literally everything. So there's just no point sometimes. <laughs> like, okay, let's say, oh, you undid it. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. <laughs> so the the squid is like some redhead stepchild. Uh, as you can see, Killer Croc's uh, first appearance. Very uh... redheaded stepchild <laughs> coming from you, Leo. Magnificent. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Hi, Pot. You're black. Shut up, Kettle. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, you can see the resemblance uh, of uh, from the animated series. Mm -hmm. um, but he actually ends up um, uh, keeping, well, not keeping, but you understand the moniker of Killer Croc. Um, at the end of the storyline, he actually kills Squid. Yeah, it, it was super trippy, too, because I'm like, what the hell happened here? Yeah, it was definitely like, did he drug him? Like yeah, that was fucked up. Yeah, so so uh, as you read the storyline, um, you know, obviously, spoiler, um, he's about to shoot Squid, and then all of a sudden it turns into, uh, you know, Squid taking on the Batman he has super strength he's winning and turns out it was the last thought he had before he passed away mm -hmm. it was a real Jacob's Ladder situation now kids Jacob's Ladder is a movie that starred Tim <laughs> <laughs> no no okay I'll stop <laughs> I, I remember seeing that in the back of a comic book so yeah of course. Was that the sequel to, sequel to Lawnmower Man? No, that's no, Lawnmower uh, Man. No, too. man, too. Job's War. That's the sequel to Lawnmower Man. Man. That's some fine acting from Jeff Fee. The first one? Yeah. Yeah, I mean. And the second I, one had, like, no one in it. 
<laughs> it had Matt Frewer as, as Job. Yeah, but no one from the first movie. Yeah, it's true. I mean, the second I saw Matt Frewer, even as a as a kid, like a 13-year-old in the movie uh, as Job, you know, Bomb More Man 2, Job's War. It actually had like two different titles. But uh, I was yeah, like, oh, movie. so brought to you in part by Canada. Got it. <laughs> Zelensky, get in here. <laughs> I mean, it's like anytime I see Matt Frewer in anything, I'm like, oh, so they shot this in Vancouver. <laughs> All right. He um uh, he did the voice of Sid the Squid in Batman the animated series. Did so he? Sid the Squid, the guy that uh supposedly killed Batman, and <clears throat> kind of an homage to this this it's so poignant that you brought that up right now, Brandon. That's kind of I, that's that's what I fucking do. I just yeah. I I dial in. That's my, kiss, here's my, my finger, there's the pulse. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, as I was watching uh, uh, Vendetta earlier tonight, my wife was sitting on the couch next to me, and she she legitimately turned to me <clears throat> and goes, "Who is that doing Batman's voice?" And I looked at her. I was like, "Are you? Are you? Are you serious? Are you fucking with me right now?" I know you don't know a lot of stuff, but like, you know who this is. She was like, no, who who does the voice in this show? And I was like, Kevin Conroy. And she was like, oh, that's this show? And I was like, <laughs> go to your room. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, so uh, the cast for this episode, obviously, uh, Batman was Kevin Conroy. Uh, Bullock is uh, Robert Costanzo. Uh, Commissioner Gordon is Bob Hastings. Alfred is Efren Zimbalist Jr. No shit. Yeah, they, they changed him from uh, uh, Ravel. He was only in the uh, later seasons, I believe. No uh, shit. That's pretty some, cool. Some oh, the week. pilot, sorry. Uh, so um, Emperor Palpatine was the original Alfred only in the pilot, though. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Uh, Summer Gleason was Marion Deven. Uh, Killer Croc was Aaron Kincaid. Uh, Renee Montoya was Ingrid Aloyu. And uh, Rupert Thorne was John Vernon. So good to hear John Vernon. No shit. Double secret probation. What the fuck is going on up there? (laughs) (laughs) Niedermeyer, get out there. (laughs) Double secret probation. (laughs) Fucking goddamn, dude. Now, yeah. uh, Ephraim, it's Ephraim a real Zimbalist, animal house. you said, yeah, yeah. Anybody who hasn't seen National Lampoon's Animal House, you're very lost right now. And we I would recommend spider, we got a croc <laughs> going to see <laughs> National Lampoon's Animal House as soon as you can manage it. Um, Ephraim Zimbalist Jr., you said he was the voice of Alfred, right? Correct. Um, wasn't his daughter the Stephanie Zimbalist? Stephanie Zimbalist from Remington Steel? I think so. Yeah. Okay. That That's the show that prevented Pierce Brosnan from playing James Bond for many years before Goldeneye. The ABC would not let him out of his contract in order to do that they were like no no we'll keep you on our fun little show and he was like oh yeah thanks thanks for that <laughs> and the biggest and best he, work was mrs doubtfire <laughs> wow that's, that's i'm that's just rough. kidding thomas crown affair <laughs> Ooh, was it was that his I, best? I like the movie i mean <laughs> they don't all have to be knives out you know <laughs> <laughs> knives out was barely knives out so no worries there well, I just mean for like heist and mysteries and stuff, you know. I mean, Knives Out was great. I loved it, but I mean, I've also seen Agatha Christie mysteries before, so like... yeah, yeah. Well, you kind of know going in. You're yeah, like, exactly. I'm like, okay. I mean, I sat down and watched with Darren. We hadn't sat down to watch a mystery in a very long time, and by the time we got midway to three quarters of the way through the movie, she was like, "Oh, this is why I don't watch mysteries with you, you fucking prick." <laughs> Brandon's all like, quite frankly, I was thrown off by no Angela Lansbury being there. Murder, she wrote. (laughs) But uh, yeah, sorry. Angela Lansbury solving a killer croc murder. (laughs) That would be amazing. She would have been a great Leslie Thompson back in the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She really would have been that. She would have been like pitch perfect. 99 problems, but her pitch ain't one. (laughs) I loved her in Pirates of Penzance, so. Oh, I love the Pirates of Penzance. Gilbert and Sullivan? Mm-hmm. Can't beat that with this. Okay, we're music nerding it up, musical nerding it up, musical theater. <laughs> we got to... Woo! Hey, gang, remember yeah. Batman and Killer Croc? Mm. Let's talk oh, about Oh, here that. you go. Yeah. So He uh, is the yeah. very model of a... Mo- no, no. <laughs> Modern no. major specimen. <laughs> so uh, one of the things that carried over from uh, his first appearance was talking about uh, him growing up in Florida and wrestling uh, alligators. And uh, so with uh, Killer Croc, this was uh, Batman and Robin, Volume 2. 
uh, issue 23.4. Yep, and, and, and it is that because they did a whole Lenticlear uh, cover of all the villains. So there's a version of this comic that actually has like that hologram sort of effect. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's pretty uh, sick. It, it came out in November of 2013, and uh, the issue was Blood in the Water. It's written by Tim Seeley, and uh, the art is by Francis Portella. And uh, I just saw Tim Seeley like two weeks ago. Oh, I should have asked him about this book. Tim two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know he did this one because I, I was talking to him about uh, uh, King Shark. Oh, King Shark, my goodness. Yeah, I guess he yeah. likes doing these. Yeah. King Shark, Killer Croc. Do we have uh, yeah. any other um, amphibian? Uh, disgruntled piranha. Okay, you're just making shit up now, <laughs> right? Please, is that real? <laughs> I don't no. know. No, no, <laughs> maybe. I hope not. I'm Super Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, it's so bad that I'm like that. Sounds like something they might try. I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. Oh, this <laughs> poor kid, his aunt, just trying to make him scrub off all of his rough skin. Yeah. So, um, obviously we mentioned that, uh, you know, um, he has a skin condition and his, uh, alcoholic aunt makes him scrub it off. Um, and, uh, as he says, he couldn't scrub off the rest of it because it was too painful. Uh, the storyline flips back and forth between, um, his past and what's happening now. Uh, and you have a team of, uh, militia that is hunting, uh, well, it's the GCPD, uh, and they're in the sewers and, uh, they get attacked by Killer Croc. Um, very simple story. It's, uh, but it's, uh, I found it very interesting, especially, you know, like right here where we're showing, uh, you know, Killer Croc during his, uh, days in the circus and, uh, the slime. Slimy circus master is uh, promised him a hundred dollars. He's only paying him forty, and Killer Croc decides to bite off his hand. Can hold on, wait, go, go back, go back. Yeah. So I just, I just want to bring special attention to the name of the music fest that the sideshow that he is currently working <laughs> in is taking place at the Cluster Rock Music Fest. Mm-hmm. Nice. Very nicely done, DC Comics. Very nice cluster rock you guys oh man like stupid vestigial comic books cold sensibilities like if you want to say clusterfuck just say clusterfuck all right <laughs> we get it we we're all adults here little kids have heard far worse on tiktok okay <laughs> sorry i just I, I i didn't even notice it until we had the the page up in front of us right now i was like oh 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 uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um it definitely shows a softer side of of Killer Croc, you know, uh the the gator bit him and uh you know, he's getting bandaged up. Um but then he just snaps and and bites the guy's hand off all for good reason. Uh he asked him to let the uh the alligator uh chew on him a bit more for the crowd, which is absolutely crazy. I mean, the best part, too, is the fact that the guy is saying, like, oh, you know, I'll give you a little bit more money if you let the gator maybe bite at you a little bit more. Then you'll get your 100 bucks per show. But you know what they say? And here's the part where it's, like, poetic justice. We mentioned, you, Leo, you mentioned that, you know, Croc bites the guy's hand off. The guy is literally saying to Croc as his hand is bitten off, you know what they say about the hand that feeds and then snickety snap. Like yeah. hey, that, that guy's a lefty for life. Just, just saying. <laughs> uh, we, Croc we, was we... just waiting for his in. He's like, Oh, say it, say it, say it. Ha ha. Snack time for Crocky. <laughs> uh, we, we don't need to go into the, uh, the whole detail of the entire storyline. Uh, it's just, it, it's a very enjoyable origin story. Uh, we, we do see Robin. Uh, there's a scene when he gets uh, caught uh, by the Batman and uh, Robin saying, uh, you know, uh, maybe give up the brain thing and get stick to the muscle. Um, yeah, like like he would. A little <laughs> shit. I mean, I love him, but he is a pain in the ass. M- much like any kid in his entire situation would and should be. Like, he should be a pain in the ass. If he wasn't, then somebody wasn't doing their job correctly at that point. So this is New 52. Is this Damien? That's Damien. Yeah. Oh. 
Well, the, actually, with those green pants, that might be oh, uh, Tim. I, you know what? I thought I thought it was Damien. Honestly, I I really did. But you, I think you're right because you know, doesn't Damien also have like the full sleeve? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This yep. is short sleeve with with green. Gun I don't think gloves. he has yellow under his cape. Yeah, I think you're right. It's it's Tim. Either way, Tim's a smart ass too. So. Oh yeah, Tim's great. <laughs> he, he is not above being pretentious in front of uh, stupid criminals. So I I still dig it. I mean, my boy created the Belfry. He's he's got a pass for life with me. <laughs> Uh, we we do, do get to see you know how violent Killer Croc can be. You see uh, one of the uh, GCPD bit in half, um, and he made uh, some friends in the sewers as well. The uh, the end of the storyline. Um, Snickersnack. <laughs> What, what what did you think of? It's not really a twist, but you, you definitely see a different side of Killer Croc. What did you guys think of that? I thought it was really nice. It's got kind of that whole um, uh, diehard vibe to it. Yeah, uh, a little bit of a diehard vibe, a little bit of a predator vibe, because, I mean, the cops that are running, you know, they're being hunted, essentially, by Killer Croc while they're in the sewers. Uh, I found that to be pretty cool. And then how mm-hmm. they kind of, like, flip it around, and they keep getting, like, little surprises thrown in front of them, like, little... uh treats i guess one might say uh and to ultimately have it all converge uh at the end by still giving us those flashes of like you know the past coming right up to like a couple of weeks ago you know we've gone years months weeks uh and we see that these same cops are crooked the the ones that killer croc and his followers in the sewer chasing down uh and they straight up shot this other cop in the head that wouldn't that wouldn't budge on uh on helping them he didn't he didn't want he wasn't crooked and he wanted nothing to do with it and uh systematically with the help of his followers as croc puts it uh he hunts every single one of these cops down in the sewers and just lays waste to them and after that point we jump all the way back to 26 years ago again with Croc as a little kid and see that that same good cop that was going to turn them in that they shot through the head was the only good decent kind-hearted person that Waylon Jones knew when he was when he was being bullied and picked on and living with his alcoholic aunt so we we get we get the idea that oh this was absolutely motivated by personal feelings this was they killed a good man that was probably the closest thing that Croc ever felt to like loving someone else truly and receiving anything like that in reciprocation back yeah it's cool that he had that yeah and 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 they snuffed it out you know and they whether they had no idea when they did that the ultimate payment that they were going to have to forfeit and uh man to see croc you know take the body of of that cop that man that he clearly loved and give him like you know a viking funeral in the sewer with all of his followers there like that's some powerful stuff there's a lot more people there with croc that he says like straight up i saved that's why they follow me and like that's daunting and i mean i would love to see what that ends up becoming is that does yeah. that become a thing like it's interesting be... followers under the under in kind the sewers of. like yeah this is this is after a whole that thing seems like it should be a big storyline it, it was like so so there was a thing with uh cataclysm and then after that no man's land right oh Where... yeah there's, there's a whole story and it was called the king right and it was about this guy that they were calling the king because he was helping people out and all that and um killer croc didn't like that because he wanted to be the alpha male of the area and all that so you know batman found a way with a kid who was like shooting like tennis balls that had like uh, nails sticking out of them and stuff like that found a way to, to fight killer croc because they knew that this guy everybody calling him the king that Croc couldn't take it, so he was going to come and try to get him. And he was the one who was, like, trying to lead everybody because it was it was Croc. But Croc's dumb. Like, he's not good at, um, like, growing crops and surviving and stuff. Like He's good at, like, surviving himself, but not, like, leading people. So it, it didn't really go anywhere. But it was a really cool storyline. I was like, oh, 
That was nuts. It just seems like somebody, you know, but you know, part of it is he doesn't have like the charisma or anything. So it would be hard to develop a, a cult of personality mm-hmm. for somebody like him. That that would be very, he's very. He's best difficult. when he's enig- enigmatic and when he's used, uh, I don't know I, if I could say he's best because it seems like that first uh, comic that we read where he was like this silent assassin kind of slinking by. I'm like, that's really cool too. I w- wish we get more of that. But I mean, yeah. Did you guys play the, the Arkham video game? Like a Arkham oh, yeah. City? Or, oh, yeah. You remember how scary and frightening Oh, my was God. Like? It was fucking horrifying. And, and, I mean, he bit off the Scarecrow's hand. So, and and he also bit off the hand of one of the guards. Um, uh, Cash, I think, was his name, right? So he had the hook. And yeah. there was such a deep-rooted fear of, like, all these people because in the sewers you know, Croc is, is there and he's underneath all these, these uh, wooden things you're on and he's going to pop up at any time. It was, it was really cool. He's a good foil, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I'd be interested to see like a little bit more in-depth stuff with him uh, kind of front and center. It'd be nice to see him maybe kind of learn like exactly the kind of stuff that was said to him by Tim Drake. Like, Oh, maybe I should think about these things a little bit more. Maybe I should, maybe I should work with people that can help me think about these things a little more. There's got to be somebody in that gaggle of folks following King Croc around that would be more than willing to be his like right hand, you know, and probably good at it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I am with you on that. I remember in the, uh, what was it? Batman earth one storyline. Um, where actually Killer Croc was uh, helping Batman build uh, the Batcave. Oh, that's oh. cool. That is kind of cool. Yeah. I, I, I did think that um, in the cartoon, the uh, animated series episode that we watched, Vendetta, it was a little strange. Not that this has anything to do with what you said specifically, but for Croc to be like, you know, ain't no Batcave. And I'm like, what? Like, that's an oddly specific thing for Killer Croc to say. I thought about that, too, at the time, but then I'm like, he's just saying that because he's a bat, you know? I guess, but... Because you had... Who who were the two guys there? One was the shark, and one was the... And one was Spider, right? Or was the other guy the squid? Because there was two guys with animal names that were in there with Croc. Uh, Spider Conway, Joey Martin. Joey Martin. He had, like, a middle name. Uh, let's see. Batman learns the identity of mysterious crocodile man. Uh, his name was Morgan, but because of his appearance, he started a sideshow affair with the name Killer Croc. And that was interesting, too, because I was like, are they playing with the race of the character? You know, because it was like, all right, like, we, we get kind of like, we get an idea of who he is from the comics and all that. And we were like, okay, so he's clearly like African American. But like in, in the comic, in, in the Batman, the animated series, it's like we don't really know which way it's going. Eh, that's true. I mean, I personally, as a kid, like I, I never really had much background on Killer Croc other than the fact that like he was just some big monstrous dude. I didn't think about it one way or the other, like what race he may have been. That And that's just me personally. Um, I will say like... You know, that he might have been, may have been white at that point, and they shifted it to him being black later on in the comics. Okay, not a problem. That's that's perfectly fine. Uh, and also, it made for some, regardless of anything else in that stupid, horrible fucking movie, but uh, Suicide Squad. Where he looked they kept- cool in that. Yeah, yeah he, looked, he looked cool. He looked great in it. That's what I'm saying. Like, aside from aside from some of the other choices that were made, um, it was it was really great to to see that they cast. Um, oh my god, I, it's Atawale Akinoye. I can't. I only know him as Adabisi from Oz. That's all I know know him as. It's like Atawale Akinoye Agbaje. He's on Lost too, right? He was on Lost as well, Mr. Echo. Yeah, Um, yeah. Um, That's probably easier than saying his other names. Yeah, I think it was also. I think he was also in the beginning of GI Joe Retaliation, um, and also the Born Identity. And he's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, very talented dude. I didn't realize he was in the beginning of that. I actually liked GI Joe Retaliation. It was better than and rise of cobra that's for sure i i'm not going to disagree with that at all i like how they climb the, the level <laughs> yeah i like that movie too holy shit yeah. and, and uh which one was um arkham ao which one was of the arkham, arkham origin arkham origin uh killer croc was voiced by carrie payton 
Oh, really? Yeah. No shit. From uh, Walking Dead. and. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then in the other games, he was voiced by Steve Bloom. Oh, Steve Bloom. Nice. I know that name. Uh, he he does Spike Spiegel. You know, he did Wolverine and uh, Wolverine and the X-Men. Oh, okay. Many different things. Very cool. Very cool. So, so just a lot of time. I'm like that one. I know. Yeah, Bloom. just very. <laughs> he did the voice of the Toonami guy. Like the, the little best robot there is or... what I do. And what I do is a very nice bub. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Kel- great job, Steve. Now, can you say it with a cigar stub in your mouth? No, how about a carrot? <laughs> how about a carrot? Eh, I'll try it. But you're allergic to carrots. <laughs> <laughs> I will suffer for my art. Human bartender. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie Daytona, human bartender. I waited specifically until he was trying to take a drink to say that to <laughs> You fucker. I, I fucking... I, it's I true. Gotta, there's no way to secretly take a sip from a cup of tea. Nope. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I saw the pinky go up. <laughs> sorry, sorry. You did it again, you son of a bitch. <laughs> so for any youngins listening, the voice of Bugs Bunny. Yeah, any youngins <laughs> listening, after we just dropped countless F-bombs, like <laughs> far more than the seven words that George Carlin said, you can oh, never say Well, a youngin could be, you know, in the 20s, you know, because they're not going to be watching like Oh, uh, dude, Leo, you, you know what? Fuck you, man, because you're right, and I didn't even realize that until you said it. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's like an arrow through my heart. George Carlin's all like, Croc, Scarecrow, Boys Navy, <laughs> the Joker. <laughs> Uh, so the voice of Bugs Bunny, uh, he chewed a carrot uh, to get that sound, and he was allergic to carrots. Mel Blanc? I yeah. thought he just didn't like carrots. I thought he was allergic. I think he just fucking hated him. Oh, I'm he pretty sure that was it. Listen, listen, I'm gonna tell you, I'm pretty sure Mel Blanc just straight up hated carrots. They tried it with a number of other root vegetables and what have you, and try to get that same like crack. Celery was their first go-to. Nope, nothing sounded like a carrot but a carrot. So he just said, "Eh, fuck it." I'll do it anyway. And he just <laughs> crunched in and yeah. You know, <laughs> eh, what's up, Doc? And the rest is history. He he would but he kept a, a tin bucket yep. next to the the mic in the studio. And whenever he had to do that, they'd cut as soon as he got the line and he'd spit out the mouthful of carrot. Man of a thousand voices, ladies and ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, no there's, there's no one that will ever surpass that. And I mean there's there's yeah. people who are like really, really good, but there's no Mel Blank. No, so, definitely so apparently not. it's an urban myth that he was uh oh. to carrots. So yeah, um the reason I'm saying is like I've I've I'm like I I'm a big fan of Mel Blank. Yeah, he's and, a Mel Blank head. Yeah, that's me, man. You know it. I'm, I'm a blank man through and through. And uh <laughs> slam my ass and call me Sally. <laughs> that's right, I quote blank man. <laughs> no boy, I say boy. <laughs> That uh, but yeah, he he that dude he uh he's incomparable, and it's taken a number of people to replace him in in Hollywood in the animated uh studio business. Like that is that is insane to think that one guy needed a team of people to come in and do what he could. Well, and it was also like, how upset were you when they changed the voice of Bugs Bunny? Like, what was it in the 90s? Was it? Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, they had to. I mean, the 80s, yeah. yeah. It was right after that Roadrunner movie, I believe. But you're all excited to see it. That's, ah, CBS. Yeah, it's on Friday night. Okay, cool. The tricky tricky thing is, especially in like nowadays, too, like, where are you going to find a small dude of like Russian Jewish descent who smokes cigarettes as if if they were about to go out of style <laughs> that can do all of those those vocal vocally amazing things like the shit that he did to his throat with drinking and smoking not to say he was like a booze hunter or anything but like dude he lived through the 40s 50s and 60s and you know what i mean like yep. come on like let's be real that's the way people live they're like oh of course i'm smoking cigarettes a chock full of vitamins and my doctor prescribed them <laughs> and you know like you don't get that quality of voice i'm not saying that's a good thing thing to you know go for but like it's not the same conditions that create that same quality of voice so you're gonna have someone that has this this um bilingual background that comes from a a very like dry culture that that loves telling stories in a goofy way but don't like being 
funny per se and that translates into him saying things in a silly way but not necessarily saying something silly and you know it just it snowballed from there like the conditions for that to be in one person have to be so specific you know it's like watchmen you know it's like it's like turning air into gold it, it it's not impossible but it's so highly improbable you know and you know just to, to see to see like what what some of these these guys and gals can do with with some of these shows that we love watching and in in this day and age actually be able to differentiate it up themselves by creating instead of trying to follow the the footsteps of characters that have been around for for decades you know like and and even if they're not doing a myriad of voices being able to carve out you know, iconic niches for themselves such as Kevin Conroy as Batman Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. um I still think Tim Daly was a superb Superman and Clark Kent uh, to to hear Mark Hamill as the Joker forget about it you know and you know, it, it's 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 just uh it, it's crazy to think about some of these some of these voice talents that come through and uh you know how it takes such a specific set of skill and talent to be able to do so much and no one will ever come to come close to doing what that guy did like it, it's almost daunting like why am i even fucking trying <laughs> what, what am i doing here did you guys have old recordings of him just use those <laughs> i had a i had a question for you guys because we we've talked about hush before and all that but um hush was that story for a lot of people that was like an entrance way into seeing batman and the very first thing that happens at the beginning of hush is he fights killer croc but mm-hmm. it's a killer croc that has been mutated and has a tail because of uh, poison ivy and that what kind of leads off to everything else you know um but was that it's kind cool. of like I didn't even re- I don't I, I I didn't even remember that honestly. It's yeah, it's it's only it's like four pages in the first in the first issue. So, mm-hmm. but it's like that was the first time I remember seeing him like more crocodilian with like a enhanced sort of snout instead of a face and all that. So you know, um, that's that's a fucking tricky line to walk design wise, huh? Yeah, to make him more crocodilian be. because I mean, how you what take and just throw a fucking lab coat on him and he's 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 the lizard. lizard. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I can understand. I honestly think maybe giving him a tail and in, in a reptilian like snout or what have you that that might that might have been a misstep just for for differentiation and character design sake. That ugh. I mean, I get I get wanting to go like full island of Doctor Moreau with it, mm-hmm. for sure. But there, you know, sometimes a design a classic design sticks around for a reason. I was going to ask him which one you liked better, actually. So that's perfect. So. Yeah, well, I think like kind of what we saw um, in these these books, uh, and leaning towards like what we were talking about with um, Wally playing him in Suicide Squad. I do know for a fact that that's that dude's nickname in real life, so I'm not being flippant. Like, I, it's just easier for me to say Wally than. Okay, he'll never hear this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but other people who do hear him might be like, "Wow, what a fucking dick!" And, and I, I'm really not trying. I know it's Adewale Akanoye Agbaje, and if I murdered that, I'm sorry. But you do understand understand where i'm coming from like you know what i'm the name i'm trying to say so like i don't i'm not saying give me points for it but just don't fucking punch me in the face or something if you see me <laughs> in real life i tried damn it my name, is Brand- my name is brandon powers like i didn't have to struggle with pronunciation for anything in my entire life you, you get it all right but i love the design <laughs> of his character in suicide squad he's a very large you. gentleman to begin with uh and then when you put the practical suit the practical effects and makeup on him like i just found that to be incredibly effective and refreshing that it wasn't some big cgi character i really really liked that choice and Did i he think just get away in the movie too like at the end they just like let him go i can't even remember i can't remember either <laughs> That movie was not high yeah. up on my list. I'm of... just like, oh, now there's some garbage going on with the Enchantress. I'm like, oh, but Killer Croc, you know, he had that one water scene. <laughs> and fucking Enchantress dance around like she's tweaking out on fucking meth. That shit was, oh my God. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> funny I have a fucking nosebleed right now. Like, there, yeah. there are some watchable moments to that movie, you know? And yeah, it's like, like you, you the can, end like, credits. Through, you can skip through like a whole bunch of pieces of it and all that, but like, I stand by the Killer Croc pieces of that and like the introduction to Harley Quinn and all that. You got some good stuff there. You know, just cut out all the parts with the Joker, cut out some of the craziness with, you know, the uh with the Enchantress. Like, I'll even take Diablo. He was 
he was okay. I'm like, right, I didn't cool. mind Diablo. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I mean, I, I do think I do think it was lame that they uh, they murked Snip Slipknot yeah. right off the bat. Yeah, like, exactly. That was that was fucking weak, especially because like myself personally, like I thought it was really cool that they had Adam Beach in there. You know, Native American character played by a Native American actor, and they fucking killed him in like no time flat. I was like, oh man, that's that's absolute fucking bullshit. And and then the, like the it's like how much time did you save by doing that by getting rid of that character like oh thank god they we don't have to worry about him anymore now we can squeeze in that one sentence about katana <laughs> on a plane you dicks like what yeah i wouldn't mess with her she that sword it contains the souls of everyone she's ever killed yep so that's katana thanks robocop <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well also at least we got uh will smith saying the title of the movie you know oh hell no you mean with some, movie, like, right? like some kind of suicide squad <laughs> And he like looks at the camera, right? <laughs> wink. Uh, well, if you're winking, you I, don't I liked have him to in the movie. Wink. I don't even care. Oh, all right, my bad. <laughs> wink. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so speaking of Killer Croc, uh, with uh, more animalistic, and uh, this is the last thing we'll bring up. Uh, so I, I didn't require us to read this, but it's, it's a good read. Oh, you didn't because uh, I still read it. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, Joker's Asylum Two, Killer Croc, a uh, very interesting story. It's narrated by the Joker, so definitely you know it, it's you don't know which way to take it um but uh killer croc is definitely more animalistic where he actually bites off his hands to get free from arkham asylum and regrows his hands back which is totally screwed up um but yeah, yeah i did not see that coming at all yeah. like that's that's not a thing uh for yeah, alligators like, by the way so they don't I, I, get complete re- regeneration like that i didn't even know that killer croc had that shit <laughs> that's what i'm talking about i was like no but the lizard does yeah the, the lizard, lizard does yes yeah. yes so what happened was doc kirk connors was locked up in arkham asylum <laughs> yep go on i want that spider-man was before or after he was in the movie trick-or-treat <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> dylan baker yes the, yes i know who you mean the Nazi? oh and that's good <laughs> no, no that's just from a show that he played called the nazi hunters <laughs> wow his wife is in a bunch of movies in in, to- in television shows too becky ann baker um he's great you ever see freaks and geeks of course she's the mom Oh, she's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's Dylan Baker's wife, Becky Ann Baker. She's also in the movie Stephen King's Storm of the Century. That I recall. Which, which I, I can't recommend enough to anybody. Uh, that it. is fixed, by the way. I know. I was so happy. It was like Christmas, Easter, and my birthday all rolled up into one. <laughs> And that also allows me to finally say to my good friend Alex of BrokeHorrorFan.com, check it out. Uh, give me back my fucking DVD, dude. <laughs> it's been two and a half years. I don't think the pandemic is a good excuse anymore. <laughs> he's, just, he's just watching it like every night. <laughs> I said to him, I was like, hey, you think you're going to get a chance to watch that? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. The second I don't have three small children living in my house. I was like... Yeah, you know, you take your time with that. But, uh, you know, I shared with him my Plex Pluther credentials. Sorry. Um, and I, I'm just going to tell him, watch it on streaming. Give me my fucking movie. <laughs> just give it back. I just want it back. He's looking at taking gut shots here with a shotgun. I love how in this this story from Joker's Asylum, I mean, Croc doesn't say a fucking word. No. Until the very end. Yeah. And it's really screwed up. Uh, they're the monsters, not me. And he wants back in Arkham Asylum. Put me back. Yeah, like it was it was uh to see how everyone filled the air around him with their own words and thoughts and turned him into uh, a Rorschach where they saw what they wanted to see, mm-hmm. saw what they needed to see, and they just used him to their own ends. And he was just so happy to be accepted that he either didn't see it or couldn't see it. And when it all came crumbling down because the people that he thought took him in and cared about him he ended up having to take out because they wanted to you know take him out uh that's too much you know the the outside world is far crueler to to him than he is to it and uh that last shot of him i mean just the artist just did a great job just hang dog hang dog kind of look on it yeah yeah uh, so it was written by uh, Mike Rock and art by David Yarden and Cliff Richards. Yeah, they did a really good job of this. They did. It was very yeah. well done. I, I like this one. This was actually like my favorite issue of the ones that you had us read. I, f- I felt like... You didn't like the I, squid I, the best? Really? 
<laughs> I mean, it was neck and neck. I'm not going to lie. <clears throat> but yeah, that this one was really, really done well. I, I liked it a lot. It, it, it humanized him more than some of the other things we saw, even with him as a child and what have you. Because <clears throat> we just, we saw how everything was affecting him. And this is not like a young child or anything like that. This is a grown uh, rock, I guess. Uh, and just, you know, looking, looking for someone to, to be with, you know, just have some kind of semblance of family or friendship, you know, it's things that you can take very easily for granted. And I think that's one of the things that really drives home with a lot of people, the connection they can find to most of Batman's Rose Gallery is everyone has that, that outcast, uh, sort of experience and mentality. And ironically, Batman himself feels the same way. It's just how much of it gets channeled through different means, you know, and, and not only that, the backgrounds that everybody comes from when certain things happen or what have you. I mean, Bruce Wayne went through, went through what he went through, but he's the billionaire trust fund baby of a fucking couple that was murdered. The most famous couple that was murdered in Gotham. So he could become Batman. But what happens when, you know, a kid with atavism develops into this, like where, where's his place? How, do, how does he find something to do with himself that is going to contribute? And obviously, he, he never was given that opportunity, which lines up. Why would he be? He's a freak, right? You know, that's it's it's just, you know, not every Batman villain looks freakish. And, and, and monstrous, but they do all have that similar thread of this this outsider outlier position. And you know, it's this. I really think I felt cemented. It was an excellent one shot for the character. Yeah, and and Croc's motivation a lot of times is survival, and you you could see how it's it's circumstances where it's like he's done bad things because he's got the best results out of them. And I'd rather be feared than loved and that sort of thing. So, you know, it's, it's, he's not hard to figure out, but he's fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, especially when he's fucking chomping down on people's fucking limbs and shit, right? It's the yeah. best. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely the, you know, obviously Batman, the animated series wasn't uh, that uh, gruesome. Um, if you get a chance, definitely check out, uh, what is it? Almost got him. Oh yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. yeah. It was a big rock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's, uh, where his rogues gallery is sitting around a table trying to, uh, they're talking about all the times they almost got Batman. That's the only other appearance other than Vendetta in the first season of uh, killer croc. So, and then, then you get yeah. to season two and there's a cool one with the, uh, the circus. That's pretty cool too. Nice. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, I'll put a link, uh, well, not a link, but I'll put um, all the stuff you can find in the show notes. Um, before we wrap it up, you guys have any uh, other thoughts on uh, Killer Croc or uh, Vendetta? Not a Vendetta, but there's a story that I've been wanting to finish up. It's called Batman Reptilian, which is about Killer Croc. And um, that's uh, it was like a six-issue miniseries that was out last year. Oh, yeah. So that would be a good thing to – so if you're into Killer Croc, check it out. You know, um I mean, otherwise, it's like they do great with uh, Killer Crocs in video games, specifically like the Lego Batman movies and, and the Lego Batman uh, games and all that. They really nail Killer Croc, so that's, that's some of my favorites from Nice. Uh, what about you, Bren? Um, Vendetta? <laughs> It, it, it was it was good I mean I enjoyed the comics more than than the the episode of Batman the animated series but uh <clears throat> excuse me but I will say uh, it's silly but if you're gonna watch the episode watch it with closed captioning on it's uh it, it's great to see how they minimalized the description of everything that was happening vocally uh it's seriously just a whole lot of like bang shouts. <laughs> grunts grunting groaning <laughs> thumping falling i was like I, batman got thrown up against the wall at one point and i turned to my wife and i was like i swear to god that fucking closed captioning better say concussing I, it, it fucking better <laughs> <laughs> it did not uh, but i i wanted it to so bad but yeah it, it was just it was it was fucking funny like it was just like one quick little word like falling exploding jumping like <laughs> what what are you doing this is the easiest fucking job in the world. My God, people get paid for this. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, well, it was the nineties, you know. It, it certainly was. I mean, I don't, I don't know the closed captioning was done then. Yeah. But uh, no, the the comics were were really good. The the early ones with the 
would that was goofy like i mean <laughs> it was it was but it's a fun era that's why I yeah like you will never defeat me i am the most feared villain in all of gotham <laughs> yes it's so yeah it's so like late silver age you know into the modern age so it's like yeah you know what to expect <laughs> i'm surprised you didn't have a fucking like giant sylvester, like, sylvester the cat like, speech yeah. impediment right hand man fluffer and fuckatash you see his pants and his this is boss <laughs> <laughs> just like soaked my windscreen here <laughs> but, but uh you know the uh the, the comics were great i really i really liked uh the um joker's asylum killer croc one shot and the and the um who's he what's it the uh, batman and Unle- robin 23.4 yeah i was gonna say like they covered up the fucking title of it but yeah batman and robin 23.4 uh, that one was that one was really good too. You know the the human touch again. I I think they really had their their fingers on it with those two issues. Like really trying to show like oh this is a person who just looks fucked up. You know it's cool. Yeah. Well, I want to thank everybody for uh, for checking this out. Uh, for me, I I you know I loved all of it. Uh, Vendetta. It was uh, as I said in the beginning. Just um, you know it, it, you forget how rewatchable Batman the animated series is. You know just how just magical that series was you know it's uh i I loved watching it back in the 90s and uh it's been a while since i rewatched uh an episode so it's uh i enjoyed it um so for me just google leo pond you find a bunch of stuff could be true could be not i'm not gonna say which is which uh but i run a little thing called the dorkening podcast network we got about 40 shows on network there's a ton of awesome people doing a ton of awesome stuff so head on over to the dorkening.com which you can find all the shows on a network and uh for Brandon, where do you like people interacting with you? Um, let's see. There's so many places. No, uh, you can come on over to the Facebook group Powers Combined. Uh, just a bunch of dorks sharing news and memes and laughs and info. Uh, our number one rule is don't be a jerk. If you violate that, you'll be booted immediately. You can follow me on social media on Twitter at Brandon's Powers and on Instagram at This Brandon Has Powers. Uh, and you can find me on the Wednesday night Dorkening podcast uh, every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, as well as the Comics Paradox podcast uh, that I do with these fine gentlemen here as well. Uh, we do it bi-weekly, uh, releases every other week on on Sundays and it covers all the alternate reality tales that are out there primarily from the big two DC and Marvel right now but we're looking at Elseworlds what if storylines like Amalgam or the Age of Apocalypse uh, even delving into series at some point like uh, Exiles or Mutant X so yeah keep your eyes uh, peeled for that you know check it out and you'll find uh, all those podcasts um, you know wherever fine stuff is broadcast yeah yeah Justin wherever there's injustice We'll be there. Oh, sorry. I just had three amigos in my head. You can interact with me on the Dorkening Facebook page, uh, the Splash Pages Comic Book Club website and Facebook page. You can check me out on my podcast, Epic Tales from the Sewers, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles podcast. Uh, no Crocs, but, uh, you know, definitely some sewer action going on there. Also, Geek Life HQ, another Dorkening show. And, uh, you know, usually you'll find me trolling around and powers combined and on the Dorkening page. Awesome. And uh, with that, we'll catch you guys later. Bye. Bye. Adios.